Dear Mr. Vernon, we accept the fact that we had to sacrifice a whole Saturday in detention for whatever it was we did wrong. But we think you're crazy to make us write an essay telling you who we think we are. And you see us as you want to see us. In the simplest terms, with the most convenient definitions. But what we found out is that each one of us is a brain. And an athlete. And a basket case. A princess. And a criminal. Does that answer your question? Sincerely yours, The Breakfast Club. Hello, you've reached the Running From Diabetes hotline. To enter a race, plus one. To enter your blood sugars, press two. To gripe about being a diabetic, press three. To listen to the podcast, press four. Welcome to the Running From Diabetes podcast. This is Kevin Kilograms. And this is my audio journal of my life dealing with diabetes as I train for endurance sports. Welcome to the Running From Diabetes podcast. It's Kevin Kilograms. And it's Sunday, the, uh, I think it's the 29th, maybe the 30th, of January. Man, it shows you how bad. Just this track of the, not the day, but the date. Needless to say, honey and I are out on a five mile out and back run. We're out doing one and ones, middle of the afternoon. And it's a, that's a walk. Yep, honey. It's a unique weather right now. All week we've been having this uncommonly hot with a, call them Santa Ana winds. They blow in off the footlands in the desert and they're real dry and they're real warm. Come on, and they're real dusty. They blow in from inland going out to the ocean. If you're a surfer, Santa Ana's are kind of a good thing because, you know, they create that offshore offshore wind if they're not going too bad. Hopefully have a swell and you have a great day. Check out my blood sugar there. Um, if you're not a surfer, you're not surfing today or there is no swell, you happen to be running. The winds are can be difficult. Today there is no wind, but weather's in the mid-80s right now. Really hard to run in. No humidity. But it's definitely dry. 
I typically don't bring a water bottle with me on a five mile out back. That's mile three. Um, and I should have <laughs> this time. Wasn't even thinking twice. Actually, I'm not even thinking well at all. I have been just miserable with high blood sugars. This morning I woke up high and that's why I didn't go out in the morning. And I worked on it and worked on it, worked on it. Just couldn't get the son of a gun down. My magic number is 250 on a rare occasion with a a short run would be 275. But I couldn't get it down, couldn't get it down. And finally, I just gave up and decided I'd go for a walk. And see if I can just get, get it down with a walk. As I walked, it started coming down. It was like 325 way too high but it started coming down and doing a lot better so I've added the runs in so the first mile was a walk the rest of them have been one and ones but it just doesn't want to seem to drop below two, 250 actually technically it's 245 right now according to the but it's not coming down any farther, which still makes it very hard run. Ooh. Well, <laughs> that kind of takes care of the first mile. Think about that, uh, those of you that are runners know, oop, that's why, that the first mile is uh, always the hardest. Your body's not in motion and it doesn't want to seem to go into motion. have a little bit of a oh you're beeping there a little bit of a hard time ooh that guy passed me earlier Trasling I know for a fact he's training for Ironman so Walking your first mile, feeling crappy with high blood sugars, accounts for the feeling crappy on the first mile. <laughs> so that's what I meant by taking care of the first mile. You never ever, ever notice at the first of anything has always been the hardest 
Let's work this out. First mile in a in just a daily run or the first mile in a whole training plan or the first mile in coming back to running. Ooh, right after the hill climb. That's a well-deserved walk break. So, my update, my brother's uh, back is just literally, he pinched a nerve quite badly enough to shut down his right hand. Something similar to what I just did. So, uh, I don't know, uh, a couple months ago when I had to have the back surgery because my I had inflamed two discs literally so he's been resting and we've been doing finish work and I'm not a as good a finished carpenter as he is and working on the mansion we've been working on and it comes down to that baseboards and crown molding I just show up to lend a second pair of hands to hold things in place but I'm an awful expensive second pair of hands so I only come when he really needs that second pair of hands so baseboards not so much crown molding yeah So I haven't put a full week's worth of work in. And that was, uh, has probably led to my uncommonly high blood sugars all week. Made for a miserable week. I did get my runs in, my crunches in, but I don't think it was enough. I did eat correctly. So, on a scale of one to 10, my exercising was a 10. I got everything it needed to get in. Maybe call it a nine and a half because of the work. Since I do call my work part of my activity level. Run, that's a run. This weather's probably pretty hard on honey here. She didn't seem to be suffering. But, uh, so nine and a half. Eating, well, I had one minor error. Not flat for, but definitely 
taken into account in the realm of things. My son and his, I should say his ex-wife, they were divorced. I think they're getting back together and their daughter. That's good news. I always liked Diana. Came by the house and offered to treat me to lunch and I happened to be in and out. And yes, I had an in and out burger. Lots of dairy and fat animal protein heal and processed grains in the buns and if you want to call pickles and lettuce the vegetables of a tomato I guess you can but wow let's extend this walk okay honey one of the things I can tell you about warm weather okay so I'm going to probably tuck on that. How I dealt with that is realizing that life isn't perfect and that my ultimate goal is that in a week's calories, or if you want to even say daily calories, but not meal calories, I try to keep the animal protein under 10% and do the best I can at processed foods with a world around me, a family that doesn't follow in my, my dietary lifestyle. You know, when I get to cook dinner, nine times out of 10, they're eating what I've produced, but there's the one or two times out of 10 that they either, they don't, they go their own make their own meal and then even when they do go with my meal they supplement it with their own stuff and although I'd love to have them following along I have to just deal with give it as an offering to them but deal with myself so when I accounted for the week I accounted for that meat in there as and it was less than 10% of my cal calories being animal protein. But when I do a scale 1 to 10 on my on the diet side, you know, I had to show that that's only like a 6. The rest of it was... Interesting. <laughs> I wouldn't have picked... That I get for stereotyping in my head when to pick that couple riding their bicycle down to the beach as the country type. <laughs> he looked like a vato. And the dude with the Hispanic, it was his, his cut and his tats and his glasses and his goat. And <laughs> so. six and a half on the diet. We're back on running again. 
I don't know what it is I'm feeling. A little self-conscious with all the runners and strollers out. I should say walkers, not strollers. On the bike trail today, it's uh, uncharacteristically warm. Warm weather. I'm going to cut this a little short. I have stuff to talk to you about, but my mind is, isn't in the game, so let's just work with a weekly recipe, and I'll move in to what I want to talk about next week. Just having this hard run, having a hard time getting into it. Recipe. It's Caribbean split pea. And I've been doing, you know, I've had split pea my whole life. My mother, that's one of her favorite things she loves to cook. Growing up, we used to go camping. And throughout California, there are these restaurants called Anderson split pea. And we would catch them all over the place. Had to stop in and get a bowl. My mother knew that she could cook a bowl of split pea soup every bit as well as they could. But, being that that's one of her prime recipes, you get a little tired, tired of it after a while. But dried split peas were on sale. So, I picked them up, and uh, put them in my pantry, and the other day I thought I would try some soot pea, but kick it up a notch, it's about four. So I went looking, and I found that... The way the Caribbeans do it, or it's done in the Caribbean, no such thing as a person, is, is uh, they add some good wholesome root vegetables to it, and it sounded way too good to pass up. So now they typically do it with yellow split peas. I had only bought the green. And I know that the difference in flavor is marginal. Again, that's a mile four. And we're going to walk through this run. Time. Just to get it done. Just get it done. So, it was a... Uh, You start off with a, a diced maripois, which is onions, carrots, and celery. Sort of a French start to most recipes. 
other cultures use something very similar to it and they call it the Holy Trinity here. But in this case, they started with a French start. But in the dice, it was more of a, a country chop instead of a fine dice. Then the um, soften them down five, seven minutes until the onions are translucent. Then you add one or two cups of split peas. You're going to double the liquid. So, add two cups of split peas. You can add chicken stock. It'll probably be a little saltier, a little meatier flavoring. I used a vegetable stock. tell you how I compensate for the vegetable stock being not as meaty, but giving it some great flavoring. So two cups of vegetable stock, I put a bay leaf in there, and then I seasoned it with lots of fresh parsley, and I used, that's why I, I used cumin. Maybe a good teaspoon of cumin, a little clove, and I mean a little, like a dash. Clove goes a long way. And then I used a nutmeg. I microplaned some nutmeg into it. So I don't really measure, but maybe a quarter of a, a nutmeg seed. I use whole nutmeg seeds and then I, I take a microplaner, sort of a fancy teeny, tiny cheese grater, shreds it right into the into what you're cooking. And I let that simmer until the peas started to break apart. And then I put a whole chunk, maybe half inch chunk of peeled um, sweet potato. You can use yams or cassabas or hell, green plantains. Although plantain isn't really a root vegetable. It'll work in that. And then because the vegetable stock is oh when you put that in, don't put it in too soon, but the, uh, the dash of cayenne. You're not making it hot, although if you like it spicy, you can do that. You're doing that for a, a background tone. I typically hold off on the salt and pepper unless I know I'm going to need more because a lot of my stocks are already pretty salty. Not overly, but if I add more after adding stock, then the dish will be too salty. Even that little hill is a rough one. So, and then just let that simmer, you know, bring that back up to a boil. And I lidded it and cooked it for another 
10 or 15 minutes until the sweet potatoes are soft. And then I take this potato masher and I didn't go to puree, that's why I didn't use an immersion blender or something, but I just sort of mashed up a little bit to break everything and start to intermix them up so you have your good sweet potatoes smaller chunks but soft chunks floating intertwined through the split peas it's definitely one of the better sweet sweet pea recipes I've come up with or found I apologize and that was a I found that with Mark Bittman's uh, one of his recipes. Again, this is... <laughs> I had a hard time here. Really hard time. It's Kevin Kilograms, and I'm out.